One of the best ways to support the FTF podcast is to check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, interviews, and plenty more. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast where we produce and develop the highest quality gaming research in podcast form. I am your host, Alex Kendall. And I am your host, Derek Baker. And today we're talking about the Vin Diesel of games. Of course, we're talking about the series that put Vin on the map. It's quite fast, furious at times. We're talking about Ark Survival Evolved. Man, love Vin Diesel. Can't believe I, I hear a little sarcasm in your tone, sir. And that's very, very disrespectful to the Vin. But I mean, this is this is a game that's just I feel like a little preposterous, and that's kind of what makes it fun. You got dinosaurs sure. running around everywhere. You're trying to survive, and you're going to use those dinosaurs to your advantage because you have to. Now, I, I think that that is sort of a Jurassic Park type of fantasy um, that has been romanticized by many people over many different eras ever since we discovered dinosaurs. But yeah, a, a cool game, a cool idea at the very least, and excited to talk about this one. Well, sure. I mean, Studio Wildcard brought it in in the era of these kind of survival games uh, such as Rust that have you jump in, start with nothing, build up a base, hopefully survive. It's done well. Obviously brought Vin Diesel on as like a big gamer coming up with Arc 2 coming out eventually. So it's cool. It's fun. It's dinorific. And let's, uh, let's break it down a little bit. <laughs> Is that a so, serial from like the 90s, dinorific? If not, patent it now. Might, I think it might be. <laughs> dinos. I think it might be too. Little dinos, little dino nuggets, which you can have in Arc Survival Evolved, stylized as capitalized A-R-K is a 2015 action-adventure survival video game developed by Studio Wildcard. In the game, players must survive being stranded on one of several maps filled with roaming dinosaurs, fictional fantasy monsters, and other prehistoric animals, natural hazards, and potentially hostile human players. The game is played from either a third-person or first-person perspective, and its open world is navigated by foot or by riding a prehistoric animal. Players can use firearms and improvised weapons to defend against hostile humans and creatures, with the ability to build bases as a defense on the ground and some on creatures. The game has both single-player and multiplayer options. Multiplayer allows the option to form tribes of players in a server. The max number of tribe mates varies from each server, and in this mode, all tame dinosaurs and building structures are usually shared between the members. There is a PvE mode, where players cannot fight each other unless a specific war event agreed upon by both parties is triggered. Development began in October 2014 when it was first released on PC as an early access title in the middle of 2015. 
The development team conducted research into the physical appearance of the animals, but took a creative license for gameplay purposes. Instinct Games, Effecto Studios, and Virtual Basement were hired to facilitate the game's development. The game was officially released in August 2017 for Linux, Mac OS, PS4, Windows, and Xbox One, with versions for Android, iOS, and Nintendo Switch in 2018, a version for Stadia, rest in peace, in 2021, and a second separate Nintendo Switch version in 2022. Ark Survival Evolved received generally mixed reviews, with criticism for its punishing difficulty and excruciatingly time-consuming activities, reliance on grinding, and performance issues, particularly on the original Nintendo Switch version. Several expansions to the game have been released as downloadable content. The game received two spin-offs in March 2018, virtual reality game Ark Park and sandbox survival game Pix Ark, and three companion apps, Acalc in October 2015, Dodo Dex in August 2017, and Arking in September 2023. A remake, Ark Survival Ascended, was released in early access for Windows on October 25th, 2023. And so let's talk about the studio behind the project. Jeremy Stieglitz and Augie Lai founded the developer Trendy Entertainment in 2009. In September 2013, after being publicly accused of creating a hostile work environment, Stieglitz's role within the company was reduced to president of Nom Nom Games, a minor subsidiary of the studio. In April 2014, he notified the management of Trendy Entertainment and its primary investor, Insight Venture Partners, that he intended to leave the company because he could not trust or work with certain employees at the company. At the time, Stieglitz was subject to a non-compete agreement, barring him from competing with and hiring employees from Trendy Entertainment for three years. Pursuant to an agreement signed in July that year, Stieglitz was bound to Trendy Entertainment until August 15, 2014, with the length of his non-compete agreement in turn reduced to one year. Stieglitz consequently left the company that August, stating that he would take a break before re-entering the video game industry. According to Trendy Entertainment, Stieglitz had been secretly approaching the company's staff with the prospect of joining a new video game studio, so the company's lawyers reminded him of the non-compete agreement on August 18, 2014. Stieglitz founded Studio Wildcard, legally Wildcard Properties, LLC, in October 2014. It was incorporated as a limited liability company under the jurisdiction of Florida, while offices were established in the Seattle area. Doug Kennedy, Jesse Rapzak, and Susan Browning Stieglitz, who was Stieglitz's wife, were the co-founders of the company. Kennedy was appointed as Studio Wildcard's chief executive officer. Legally, Browning Stieglitz was listed as the company's manager under her maiden name, Susan Browning while Stieglitz was not listed. In December 2015, Snail Arc Incorporated, a California corporation and subsidiary of SDE Incorporated, was merged into Studio Wildcard. Subsequently, three managers of the former Snail Arc Incorporated became managers of Studio Wildcard, while Browning Stieglitz was removed as one. Studio Wildcard later identified SDE Inc. as its parent company. SDE Inc. has been described as an affiliate of Snail Games USA, the American branch of the Chinese video game company 
snail games. During 2015, Trendy Entertainment and its lawyers repeatedly contacted Stieglitz in regard to his involvement with Studio Wildcard, including through a cease and desist letter sent in July that year. On December 18th, 2015, Trendy Entertainment filed a lawsuit against him and Studio Wildcard at Florida's 8th Circuit Civil Court in Aleutia County. The company alleged that Stieglitz had violated the non-compete agreement by establishing Studio Wildcard, developing Ark Survival Evolved, and hiring employees from Trendy Entertainment. At the time of the lawsuit, Studio Wildcard employed six former Trendy Entertainment staffers, including two key programmers whose departure was stated to have caused substantial damages for Trendy Entertainment. The lawsuit further alleged that Studio Wildcard's technology used for ARC appeared indistinguishable to Trendy Entertainment's Playverse technology, and that Studio Wildcard had hired the contractor Instinct Games away from Trendy Entertainment. It also claimed that listing Browning Stieglitz under her maiden name, as opposed to her married name, which had been used for her roles in Yum Cupcakery, Sarkara Suites, and Ingenu Avenue, had been an effort to conceal Stieglitz's role within Studio Wildcard. Insight Venture Partners filed a parallel lawsuit on February 11, 2016. Through the lawsuit, Trendy Entertainment sought for $600 million U.S. dollar in damages, as well as a permanent injunction against Studio Wildcard releasing video games. In response to the allegations, Studio Wildcard's lawyers stated that the complaint read more like a salacious tabloid story than a statement of the facts that would entitle Trendy Entertainment to relief under the Florida Rules of Civil Procedure, and that many of the allegations were disparaging and included simply to be provocative. They are irrelevant, immaterial, impertinent, and scandalous. The defense later argued that because the non-compete clause had expired in August 2015, Trendy Entertainment had only filed the lawsuit after Studio Wildcard's December 2015 acquisition to profit from the success of ARC. They also claimed that the game could not have competed with Trendy Entertainment's products as ARC was rated for mature audiences, was more expensive, and required better hardware to function. Furthermore, they stated that Studio Wildcard had not poached any employees. Rather, that some had left Trendy Entertainment prior to joining Studio Wildcard, were hired by individual founders, excluding Stieglitz, or decided to leave Trendy Entertainment on their own after learning of Studio Wildcard. Stieglitz separately stated that he had kept his involvement with Studio Wildcard secret to avoid comments from internet trolls. The parties ultimately settled for $40 million U.S. million on April 13, 2016. By February 2016, Studio Wildcard employed 60 people at its office in Bellevue, Washington. By May, there were 25 employees in Seattle and 10 in Gainesville, Florida. ARC, which had been in early access since 2015, was released in August 2017. For PixArc, a spinoff developed by Snail Games and announced in 2018, Studio Wildcard provided design and technical input. At the Game Awards 2018, Studio Wildcard announced Atlas, a massively multiplayer online game featuring pirates. To develop Atlas, Studio Wildcard had set up a sister studio, Grapeshot Games, and run a one-year-long recruitment phase to ensure that the development of the game was not coming at the expense of ARC. A sequel to ARC, ARC 2, was announced at the Game Awards 2020, 
Vin Diesel, Alex's favorite American actor, yes. stars in Arc 2, and joins Studio Wildcard as president of Creative Convergence to oversee the game, or more commonly, an executive producer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the studio definitely started with some turmoil. Uh, definitely some some bad blood starting this this phase of gaming, but just a little bit, just a little bit. But, but it's that's why you bring in Vin. You got to get the muscle because no one's going to sue you when you've got Vin Diesel. I mean, <laughs> and now they're a family. Exactly, he brought the family truly together. So let's talk about developing Ark. And preliminary work on Ark Survival Evolve began in October 2014. Studio Wildcard, the Seattle-based team behind the game, co-opted Egypt-based developer Instinct Games to facilitate development. Effecto Studios and Virtual Basement later assisted development. When researching for information about the game's prehistoric species, the development team read general audience books and online articles and sought assistance from friends who studied in the fields of biological sciences. When creating the species and world, the team took creative license for gameplay purposes, although there is an in-game reason that the species have diverged from their historical counterparts. Many of the development team members were inspired by dinosaur films such as Jurassic Park and The Land Before Time. The team added features to the game that would appeal to all players, as opposed to specific players of the survival genre, such as the ability to simply explore the island and compete against large bosses as a reward for uncovering secrets of the island. They also added an end game for players to strive towards, as they felt that most survival games lack a final goal. They wanted to provide a depth and scope that allows for the world to not just be a means to an end, but also a place to explore, said creative director Jesse Rapsett. The game, powered by Unreal Engine 4, contains tens of thousands of artificial intelligence entities, according to Rapsick. It also features support for virtual reality gameplay. Rapsick, who had almost three years' experience with head-mounted displays, described the game as being designed with VR in mind from the beginning. The game was initially released through Steam Early Access for Microsoft Windows on June 2, 2015, shortly before the theatrical release of Jurassic World later that month. Rapsic said that the game's release was scheduled to take advantage of the dino fever that was present with the film's imminent release. The game subsequently received an early access release for Linux and OS X on July 1, 2015, and through the Xbox Game Preview program for Xbox One on December 16, 2015. Initially, Sony was not going to allow a PlayStation 4 release due to the lack of any type of early access program on the console. However, a PS4 version was eventually released on December 6, 2016. The final game launched on August 29, 2017 for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. It was originally intended for release in June 2016, but was delayed in April. The game launched with support for Oculus Rift and PlayStation VR, and the Xbox One version was released via the ID at Xbox program. The standard version was released alongside an Explorer's Edition, which included a Season Pass with three expansions, and the Collector's Edition, which included a Season Pass as well as a necklace, a map, a notebook, a development team poster, 
a wooden chest packaging, and the game's official soundtrack. Android and iOS versions were released on June 14, 2018, and a Nintendo Switch version was released on November 30, 2018. A Stadia version was announced by Google in October 2020, originally scheduled for release in early 2021. It was released on September 1st. An enhanced version of the game will be accessible on Xbox Series X and Series S, featuring increased details, resolution, and draw distance. Following the poor reception of the original Nintendo Switch release, Ark Ultimate Survivor Edition was announced as a new port rebuilt from the ground up, developed by Grove Street Games. It was initially planned for release in September 2022, but was delayed to November 1st, 2022. A free upgrade is available for existing owners of the Nintendo Switch version. On April 1st, 2023, Studio Wildcard announced a remaster titled Survival Ascended to be released in August 2023. However, this release window was then delayed until October of 23. Survival Evolve's official servers were set to be shut down at the same time, with the shutdown date being delayed until September 30th of 23, when Survival Ascended's release window was pushed back. Unlike previously stated by the studio co-founder, the remaster would not be a free upgrade. Survival Ascended was eventually released in early access for Windows on October 25th of 2023. Now, there are several game modes, we talked about a couple of them earlier, that comes within ARC. So on March 16th, 2016, the Survival of the Fittest game mode was released in early access as a free standalone game with no microtransactions. It was scheduled to fully launch in mid-2016, but was eventually merged back to the main game as the development team did not wish to monetize on its release and wanted to ensure that modders can apply the development kit of Survival Evolved to create mods for Survival of the Fittest. There will be various esports tournaments of the game mode with a prize pool of $50,000 at the time. Players who played Survival of the Fittest before it was merged back into the main game, can continue to play the game without paying an extra cost, while new players must pay before getting access to it. And it was available for every player who purchased the main game, and I still have it. It's like a standalone game on Steam, and it was kind of like them, very much like how game developers will do, like we're going to make this separate thing, and then kind of in development be like, let's just make it all one thing. It's actually on the same line that we're thinking, so it got merged back in. Now, on March 25th, 2019, a couple years after, game devs announced a new mode of gameplay, Classic PvP. The new game mode was made available on PCs. Uh, the new game mode was made available on PC April 2nd, 2019. The update aimed to revert the PvP meta back to the younger days of Ark via clustered servers with limitations such as no official tribe alliances limits to tribe size, lack of evolution events, untamable tech dinos, no access to aberration and extinction content, no tech enagrams, and reduced scaling of weapon damage. So basically, kind of like how they had like classic WoW and classic other versions of game, it was very much like, I don't like all this new kids stuff. Just give me, give me back to those classic days where it's just stick and cup, ball and hoop. Give me, give me, <laughs> give me to those things. But in late December 2022, a new version of Survival of the Fittest was released for PC. This later came to consoles in February, and it is just like its 2016 predecessor, except for being remastered. 
and Survival of the Fittest was also added to Xbox and PC in January 2023. There were also some expansions. On September 1st, 2016, Studio Wildcard released the paid downloadable content, Scorched Earth. The expansion includes a new desert map, as well as several desert-themed resources and items. It also features new creatures, some of which are fictional, like the wyvern and the rock elemental based on the golem. Some of the new creatures are not tameable, such as the jugbug, a fictional grasshopper-like insect equipped with a fluid-storing pouch on its back that stores water or oil. Scorched Earth has three unique weather patterns. Sandstorms radically reduce visibility and drain stamina. Superheat will drain your water at a much faster rate than normal heat and induce heat stroke fairly quickly, while electrical storms will temporarily shut down electrical devices and prevent firearms and tech saddles from firing. The release of paid DLC for a game still in early access caused a negative reaction among players of the game resulting in many negative reviews on Steam right after the expansion launch. On December 12, 2017, the paid DLC Aberration was released, adding a new underground-slash-alien-themed map and 15 new alien underground-themed creatures, such as a feathered dragon-like creature known as a Rock Drake, which is capable of turning itself and its rider invisible. The Reaper a xenomorph-like creature with acidic abilities and chest burster like a reproductive cycle. The Ravager, a hairless canine predator that is capable of climbing up zip lines and vines, and the Nameless, chupacabra-like creatures that are not tameable but act as enemies. The Nameless are hard to kill, but they have some weaknesses. A weapon known as a Charge Lantern, which can fend them off, and Light Pets, shoulder-mounted creatures that weaken the Nameless. New items are also added, such as climbing hooks and glider suits to navigate the hostile terrain. The largest map in terms of playable area, Aberration allowed players to continue the storyline of Ark and discover more of the truth about the Ark worlds. On November 6, 2018, the third paid DLC expansion, Extinction, was published by Snail Games USA. The expansion takes place on a future dystopian Earth that has been corrupted by Element. Various creatures located in wasteland zones have been infected by this element and will attack the player regardless of their normal behavior. The DLC introduced a new mechanic to the game, PvE events in which the player must defend either orbital supply drops from space or element mineral veins for loot, resources, and element in all forms respectively. New creatures are also introduced, both organic and technological, such as the gas bags, an evolved tardigrade that can inflate itself and blast gas or take flight. The Enforcer, a robotic lizard that is capable of teleportation and dealing four times damage to corrupted creatures. And the final bosses of Extinction are called Titans, powerful giant fictional creatures that are several magnitudes larger than any other creature in the game and that can be either killed or temporarily tamed. On February 25th, 2020, the fourth DLC expansion, Genesis Part 1, was published by Snail Games USA. This expansion takes place in a simulation, allowing the player to travel to five mini-maps. Each mini-map will be a different biome. The different biomes include an alien bog, a large frigid arctic landscape, a very large ocean biome, 
a large volcanic hellscape home to an active volcano, and the high orbit of outer space itself with low gravity. The new expansion adds new resources, items, and five new tameable creatures. This includes creatures such as the Magmazar, a bearded dragon fused with magma that can use fire-based attacks, so we're just doing Pokemon now, as well as the Ferox, a four-armed lemur-like creature that transforms into a larger, more aggressive version of itself, similar to a werewolf. During Genesis Part 1, players will discover the story of a new AI-like companion, HLNA, or Helena. The Genesis DLC adds new missions for players across the simulations that grants graded loot. The fifth and final paid DLC expansion, Genesis Part 2, was teased on November 7th, 2020, and was released on June 3rd of 2021. The map is set aboard the massive Genesis ship, a colony ship that is traveling through deep space looking for a new, habitable planet for humanity. The ship has two rings. On the right side is a regular ring filled with plateaus, mountains, rivers, and waterfalls, providing all necessary resources needed for survival. The left side is a corrupted ring that is an aberrant and twisted alien-like region. The expansion features six new tameable creatures, such as the Shadow Mane, a lion-slash-lionfish hybrid that can teleport and can turn itself invisible. The Noglin, a small alien-like creature that has a split jaw that is capable of controlling the minds of survivors and other creatures, and the Strider, which is a robotic hoofed animal that has many attachments that can be used for harvesting or for combat. New missions, weapons, and structures also appear. Unlike other maps, Genesis Part 2 is more story-oriented. It follows the player and Helena, voiced by Madeline Madden, protecting the Genesis ship from Sir Edmund Rockwell, voiced by David Tennant, a mutated survivor who is trying to take over the colony ship for his own intentions. Following the release of Genesis Part 2, an expansion to Ark Survival Evolved called Ark Survival Ascended was released on the 25th of October for PC and later was released on the 21st of October for Xbox Series S and X and on the 30th of November for PlayStation 5. This expansion is supposed to continue on Ark Survival Evolve's story. As for gameplay, we've talked a little bit about tameables, weapons, kind of what you can do. We'll break it down a little bit and get an idea of what's kind of going on. So Ark Survival Evolved, as we know, is an action-adventure survival game set in an open-world environment with a dynamic day-night cycle and played either from a third-person or first-person perspective. To survive, players must establish a base with a fire and weapons. Additional activities, such as taming and feeding dinosaurs, require more resources. The game's world, known as the Ark, is approximately 48 kilometers squared, or about 19 square miles in size. And there's approximately 36 kilometers squared, or 14 square miles, of land, and about 12 kilometers squared, or 4.6 square miles of ocean. There are currently 194 different creatures that populate the world of Ark. In the early versions of the game, nearly all creatures were real dinosaurs and other prehistoric creatures. But as the storyline progressed, mythical creatures such as the wyvern, griffin, golem, and phoenix were added. As expansions were released, completely original creatures such as the Carquinos and the Velanosaur also made their way into the game, a la just taking Pokemon, 
as well as original robotic creatures such as the Enforcer and Scout. We see where a pow world eventually evolves from this. <laughs> One of the primary game mechanics of the game is taming creatures. The majority of creatures can be tamed by the player, though some, such as Meganura or Titanomirma, cannot. The taming method varies from creature to creature. Most creatures are a knockout tame, meaning the players must knock the creature out using tranquilizer projectiles like trank darts or by using blunt weapons such as a club. Oftentimes players will need to keep the dinosaur sedated for the duration of the tame. Some dinosaurs take longer than others to tame, therefore requiring more narcotics. Players are able to use narco berries or craft narcotics from narco berries and spoiled meat. Once knocked out, the player must feed the creature their preferred food, such as berries for herbivores or raw meat for carnivores. Different food helped tame animals at varying speeds. Most creatures tame most effectively and quickest with a food called kibble, which is an item crafted using eggs from another creature. Some creatures can also be tamed passively by approaching them and carefully giving them food. Once a creature is tamed, it will follow the commands of the player who tamed them. As well, most creatures can be ridden and therefore allow the player to utilize the creature's abilities, such as flight or fast underwater movement. When riding atop certain creatures, players may still be able to use weapons. They can also be used to carry items, and players can issue offensive and defensive commands to them. For example, a pack of Utah Raptors can be assigned to defend the base or a group of Triceratops can be ordered to attack an enemy's base. Some of the larger creatures, such as a Brontosaurus or Mosasaurus, can have a building platform placed on their back, giving players a mobile, though small, base. The game also features various other animals, such as the Dodo, Sabertooth Tiger, Woolly Mammoth, Meganura, Titanomirma, and Dodicurus. Every creature in the game has living ecosystems and predator hierarchies. Players must keep track of various meters, such as health, stamina, oxygen, hunger, thirst, and weight, or how much they can carry. Should players take damage, their health meter will gradually regenerate if they have consumed the necessary food, or if they craft items that regenerate the health meter at a faster pace. Otherwise, a player's health meter will gradually regenerate slowly over time. Players can gain experience through harvesting materials, crafting, killing, or discovering explorer notes. Once the player has obtained enough experience, they will gain a level point, which can be spent improving one of the player's stats, which includes max health, max stamina, max oxygen, max food meter, max water meter, max carry weight, melee damage, movement speed, and crafting speed. As of June 2022, the maximum player level is 105, an additional 60 levels to be gained by defeating endgame bosses, 5 acquired by leveling up a chibi, which is a cosmetic pit obtained through an in-game event, and 10 extra levels through obtaining all of the explorer notes throughout the base game and all the DLC, and finally 10 extra levels by getting all the runes found on the custom arc Fjorder. Tamed creatures can also gain experience and level points, which can be spent on similar stats. Creatures spawn into the game at levels ranging from 1 to 150, and, when tamed, can gain up to 75 more levels by gaining experience. 
There are also dinosaurs that can be tamed at a higher level, the tech dinosaurs. These spawn at a maximum level of 180. There are specific varieties of creatures, for instance, the rock drake or the wyvern variants, which are able to spawn up to level 190, but they are untamable in the wild and instead must be hatched from their respective egg. Players can build structures throughout the world. To build a base, players must acquire structure components, such as floors, doors, and windows built with the resources littered throughout the world, which are earned as they progress and gain levels, then collect the necessary materials to make them. These components can then be crafted and placed in the world. Players can create any structure as long as they have the logistics and resources. The structural integrity of the building is compromised when the pillars and foundations are destroyed. Structures can be built from various tiers of materials, with better tiers providing more protection, but costing more resources to create. Players start out by crafting thatched structures, then moving on to wood, stone, metal, and finally tech, a futuristic and late-game material. There are also grass structures that can be used to gain a greenhouse effect on plants growing inside. Adobe structures block heat from outside for an ideal temperature in the building. Players can also craft items in the game, such as weapons, by collecting the resources and tech required for crafting. In addition, players can craft and attach accessories to their weapons, such as a scope or a flashlight for a pistol or an assault rifle. Two spin-off games developed by Snail Games Peacock Studio and Snail Games USA, respectively, were released in March 2018. Arc Park, a virtual reality game, and PixArk, a sandbox survival game. An educational spin-off developed by Grove Street Games, Arc Dinosaur Discovery, was released in November 2021 for the Nintendo Switch. A sequel, Arc 2, was announced at the Game Awards 2020. The game will star Vin Diesel and Ali Prevalho. Co-developed with Grove Street Games and originally planned for a 2023 launch, it was rescheduled to enter early access on Windows and Xbox Series X and S in late 2024. The game is to be released using Unreal Engine 5 instead of Unreal Engine 4 used in the original game. There was also an animated series. In December 2020, the series was announced with a trailer during the 2020 Video Game Awards, along with the cast that included Gerard Butler, David Tennant, Michelle Yeoh, Jeffrey Wright, Zahn McLaren, Elliot Page, Carl Urban, Malcolm McDowell, Alan Tudyk, Russell Crowe, and Vin Diesel, who will also serve as an executive producer. The creators of the Ark Survival Evolved video game, Jeremy Stieglitz and Jesse Rapzak, are the series creators, while Margaret Bennett and Kendall Deacon Davis are series writers. In 2020, it was announced that Jay Oliva will direct the series, which will consist of 14 30-minute episodes that develop the game's world and that two seasons were in production. In June 2022, the series entered post-production, with Monica Bellucci and Dee Bradley Baker added to the voice cast, Cousin. In December 2022, with the release of a new trailer, it was revealed Butler and Crow would also be executive producers. Gareth Coker is the composer for the series. Oliva was also confirmed as a showrunner for ARC the Animated Series, while Kendall Deacon Davis was noted a lead writer of the series. The show was initially set to release sometime in 2022, 
but the second trailer revealed that the series was planned for a release in 23. In December 23, IGN wrote that the series is due out at some point in 2024. The network or platform the show will be released on has not been announced. So, kind of caught in that development hell of finalizing a show. But if we're seeing potential of, like, post-production's done, it had releases getting pushed back. I mean, the hope is, and my assumption is, it's probably going to try and do a joint launch with Arc 2 or something along that nature of kind of getting people involved in both sides of it to kind of get a bigger launch instead of just kind of randomly coming out when there's not really much going on with the game. So we'll probably see it later this year, or at least announcements coming up in the next couple of months as like the early games of like spring start to be talked about as more of these award shows happen, as more of like E3 and IGNs and all these other things start happening. We'll probably see more of it. Or, you know, they might just wait for whatever the next Chris Pratt movie is and just try and hop on that train. You know, Jurassic World, they already linked up once, link up again. It's true. You never know. They could do it. He's in a lot. He's, he is in a lot. <laughs> so within a month of its early access release on Steam, ARK had sold over 1 million copies. And by August 2016, the game had over 5.5 million sales across both Windows and Xbox One, with about 1.5 million from the Xbox One platform. Co-founder Jesse Rapsick explained that the release of the Genesis expansions was partially due to the unexpected market success of Extinction and the season pass, and partially due to his belief that the storyline of Ark could be expanded upon. Ark Survival Evolved received mixed or average reviews for the Windows, PS4, and Xbox One versions, while the Switch version received generally unfavorable reviews, according to Metacritic. TJ Hafer's 7.7 out of 10 review on IGN stated that, quote, when I'm having a good time in Ark, I'm having a really good time. The problem is that those moments are usually one part to every nine parts menial grinding and crafting, especially at the later tech tiers. Having to repeat so much work after failing an attempt at a boss feels far too punishing, and some really dumb dinosaurs can take a lot of the challenge and sense of danger out of the many primal locations. Even with all of those quirks, however, I'm still hungry to play after more than 60 hours I've spent so far. There aren't a lot of survival games that have legitimately held my attention that long. GameSpot gave the game a 6 out of 10, saying, This outstanding sense of place and mood is offset by the sheer difficulty of everything that you have to do. The spectacular amounts of time necessary to experience even a tenth of what the game has to offer and the randomness of death constantly destroying everything that you've built. Ian Birnbaum of PC Gamer gave the game a score of 72 out of 100, stating it to be a bloated, grindy mess, but so packed with options that a better game is hidden inside it. The Switch version was panned by critics for being notably downgraded in order for it to adequately run on the console, being criticized for its low resolution and frame rate, Minimal level of detail, blurry texturing, low poly models, stability issues, and loading times. John Linneman of Eurogamer likened the port to a poorly compressed JPEG version of an impressionist painting. However, a rebuilt version for the Switch developed by Grove Street Games and released in 2022 was praised by Linneman as one of the biggest improvements we've ever seen 
turning the game from a hideous, unplayable mess into one of the more impressive Unreal Engine 4 titles we've seen on Nintendo Switch. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I think that's it. And these reviews do sum up, I think, most of what people think of with, I think, just survival games in general. The survival genre has always been that kind of indie-led, buggy, bloated mess with these little nuggets of fun. And really, I think where Ark made that fun is when you do like a custom server or you play with your friends, you can actually turn up settings in it. You can turn up like, hey, experience, you gain it four times as fast. Hey, to hatch a dinosaur is four times as fast. And you can speed up those grindy bits to make it, hey, I still want a little challenge. Hey, I still want those dinosaurs to be dangerous. I still want it to be not just a boring cakewalk of just building stuff, but I want the grind to not be there. And I think that is probably one of the biggest things for me when I played Ark, one of the biggest changes that really, really pushed it to being a better game as, as reviewers said, like, Hey, the slog of failing to have to do it again just sucks. So when you can take that out, it becomes something that's much, much better. Well, I think that it's really a symptom that a lot of games struggle with. A lot of the thought process I think that goes into game development now is that there's going to be a massive time sink from the player base. Yeah. And it really just depends, I think, on how fun that actually is. If you're asking your player base to grind and basically ignore all other games in order to be successful in yours, I think that's a really big ask for most gamers. And so if you're not giving them that immediate gratification in some way, then yeah, it's it's going to be difficult to keep players around. A game like this, a survival game, to me, isn't really one that I want to have to grind for because it's already sort of set up to be a little bit of a grind where you start with nothing. Mm-hmm. You have to slowly work your way up already just in terms of what you actually go and find and build and train to add a, a really difficult experience sort of blockade on top of that. I think was just doubling up on something that just artificially made it a lot harder than it needed to be. And and it's just too much of an ask, I think, from the player base. Well, and, and I think it's the biggest complaint people have when it comes to like MMORPGs. Like people who jump into World of Warcraft now are questioning, like, how did you guys do this 10, 15 years ago? Like where you just have to sit there and slog and try and get the drop from either like a boss or try and get these quest drops or trying just to level up. 
And yeah, we do see that in these survival games because it is an artificial inflated number gen, basically. Like, I can put 30 hours of grind in here and it looks like you played 60. But really, you you just sat there and clicked and had to do these things or gather resources. And we see that same thing that people are complaining about in Pal World. You know, it's basically the 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 next Chinese game that has come out that, or excuse me, Japanese game that has come out that basically takes on everyone's calling it. It's Pokemon slash Ark slash Fortnite slash this slash that. And the biggest complaint is like, oh, I wanted my Pokemon, oh, excuse me, my Palmon or whatever they call them to have a gun or to build a base. And they're like, I have to grind. I have to do this. I have to level up. And yeah, it's, it, that is the way that you have these survival games feel like progression, feel like you're doing accomplishments. And I think for some people, yeah, that might be fun or they think it's fun. But I, I do think that slog is built in because you have to have something. And I think Ark is one of those ones out of like all the different survival games, many of whom have fallen, a few stand because of cult followings, but Ark was the one that has continued to stay, not only releasing additional content, but adding story, adding a reason to why this caveman basically that you see yourself as with this weird gem in your wrist that wakes up, what is that? What does that mean? Am I in prehistoric times? Am I on a colony ship as we're learning more about these things? Like, I think it's very cool. And that's the type of story stuff that brought Vin Diesel into this stuff. As everyone knows, Vin's a huge nerd who loves all these type of things and really, I think, connected with a lot of this. And, and that's why he came on as creative director of ARC 2, creative director of the show, creative director of basically all this other content coming out for it. And so I see ARC really taking on that idea of survival genre twisting a little bit by being like instead of being zombies or vampires or whatever it's dinosaurs and it worked yeah survival games i think are tough because it's so expansive think about a film like castaway with tom hanks and all the things that he has to learn being trapped on this island and coming up with new and exciting ways to you know give himself shelter to catch food and all these other mm -hmm. things so there's a lot of games out there that try to incorporate ideas like that, but because it's not a totally free-form type of thinking, there are constraints that the game developers have to place within the game in order to build it. It just, I think there's too many ideas that go at odds, like, I want to do this, why can't I? Or why are there so many options for this thing? It feels fairly obvious what I should be doing, what the best course of action is, and and I think that's what leads to some of the reviews of this is a bloated, over-the-top mess with too many things, and it's too long and too difficult, and, and all these other things, when it's, I think, game developers sort of taking that mentality of, we have to be able to let them create everything out of everything that's on this island, when that's just such a big, tough ask, I think. Um, for for game players and for the developers themselves, so I am uh, hopeful that Arc Two has a better reception because I agree. I think it is an exciting thing to me. It's sort of a spiritual successor to like the ideas of the Turok series, where it's like fighting dinos, mm -hmm. except taking it one step further and like living with dinos. 
in going a little bit beyond that first person shooter kind of thing. So that's I, I think that's really cool. I've always loved dinosaur games ever since I was a kid, just obsessed with dinosaurs. I think that's what has drawn me to like Pokemon games and other like monster oriented games like it has for a lot of us because dinosaurs are cool. Dinosaurs are great. Loved Land Before Time, loved Jurassic Park. And and that's what really this kind of stuff was based on, just the popularity of those things in the late 80s, 90s. So I am definitely hopeful for success, but it's hard for me to read those reviews and disagree with much of anything that they've said. For me, the game is like probably a five out of 10. It's just grindy games are not for me anymore these days. And it's just, uh, I think a, a lot to ask, like I said, just becomes a little bit too much. So five out of 10 for me. What about you? Yeah, that I can understand. Uh, especially like if it's, if it's more of the grind aspect of it, my rating, I think be a little higher just in the aspect of like what they've created with the dinosaurs and the AI that goes along with that. I think it's just so cool. And I think it goes along with those reviews. We're like, when you're in that moment where the cool parts hit, it's amazing. It was so much fun taming dinosaurs, building a base, playing with friends, but the grindy aspects, the random deaths, especially early on. I know like one of my first like spawns was on kind of like an islandish archipelago thing. And it just so happened that like high level like shark mm -hmm. dinos were like right there. So like trying to get to mainland, like I would say half the time you died. And then you respawn on the island. And so it just it just like was such a slog of like this was such a terrible spawn. This land sucks. And so, yeah, there are those moments that I think do trip it up. I didn't play many expansions. I played kind of the early on stuff, more of our OG dinos, none of this new stuff and tech dinos they're making up with it. <laughs> I played the, the pure stuff, uh, the 2016, 2017 stuff. Yes, a traditionalist so, dinosaur tamer. Yes, a classic, a pure, a, a, a regular say. Chris Pratt, if you will. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I blew there you all go. my all my blues were around me as I waved my hand out. <laughs> um, oh boy, yeah. But so my ratings jumping into some of the fun parts that I have. I had to rate it. It would be building a dodo army of ridiculously fun little colored dodos, out of unfortunately stumbling across a big crocodile that eats some all except and me i die except mm. i go back i go i gotta get my <laughs> stuff but who survived it was my kind of pink and brown one survived sure. and so we lived on back at base out of 10 that's pretty good are we talking about red dead redemption 2 what, what are we talking about the the crazy alligator monster pretty much what you're seeing there yeah basically like the little the, the big mega yeah. Alligadon, as it's called, you know, that one. Sure. <laughs> sure, of course. Exactly that. You know, and, and even beyond the game, I think the reason that we really wanted to talk about this episode was, or talk about this game, rather, was, was for the backstory with the development issues and with mm -hmm. the... I don't think that... A lot of games that we pick, we pick because they're considered one of the greatest video games ever very influential in, in a lot of different regards, whether it be the genre or a new system put in place or gameplay element, something like that. This one, I don't think we've really talked about a game company that's come out of a, 
a, a really just a, a trying split, mm-hmm. a a lot of tension between the studios. And I mean, when we read the number forty million dollar settlement just to get that lawsuit to go away, it's like wow, there was a a lot of really just shady things that were happening to get this game off the ground. Yeah, and uh, I think concealing the identity of your involvement probably a smart move at the end of the day because yeah that you you see what the internet did when they were releasing dlcs in the you know pre-launch eras like they will come for you so well and and, i understand why you did it i do and i it's frustrating especially when you have a company get bought up by a chinese company like that you're, you're seeing that same backlash now with survival ascended People are saying, like, dude, I spent so much money on basically this other game you created only to make Survival Ascended, which is the same game, just updated. Like, and people were like frustrated, like, no, I want I'm I'm here for two. Why are you releasing this other game in like early access, even though it's the same game we have in early access? It's like you're just trying to like double dip. So the the studio overall in this game has gone through a, a big roller coaster wave with fans, some seeing it as kind of like a money grab or just like unethical or just kind of a slap in the face for the people who have supported the 5.5 million within a year sales, plus so many more that we see today into being like, dude, just put the game out type thing. And, and I, I think that's a frustration that people are seeing. Yeah. And. I mean, it, it leads you to wonder a little bit, like, how legitimate were the complaints about him? And, and you know, was there a legitimate reason why he sort of fell out with his original company? Because the ethics and the the decisions made within, you know, this game's development, you don't know mm-hmm. if they're really from him or from, you know, the parent companies that sure. decided to buy them. Uh, but making those decisions to to sell or be acquired, you know, I think either way sort of lends you to be at fault in that situation. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think as we come to, like, wrap this one up, it is interesting to think about that. We're like, yes, we do get an interesting game that has an interesting concept, but, like, there's so much more that's going behind the scenes. And it's like, what has occurred to have this to happen and just kind of the shady dealings up until today, up until the end of 2023, where things are still tumultuous. And, and like you said, is this parent company? Is this just the shady? Is this just the shady dealings of all of it? Like, who knows? Research for this episode was done by Alex Kendall and Derek Baker. The intro and outro music, not the X-Files theme song, was provided by <laughs> our friend Evan Barr, and our lovely artwork was given to us by Aaron Shattuck. Lovely people, as well as those lovely people on Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash finish the fight. Got some great physical and digital rewards there. And I want to thank a few select members today with Snide T-Bird, Nick Hyman, and Anthony Gooch. Thank you so much for your support. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or most likely your favorite podcast listening platform. If you haven't yet, drop us a review. It helps us out a lot. We'd love to hear from you. And if you are a Spotify listener, we have Q&As attached to every episode, sometimes polls as well, where we talk a little bit about the episode or ask questions about the games and the genre. 
and go ahead and respond to one of those, and maybe you will see your answer published. And you can see us on Twitch. You can see me at twitch.tv slash sourman70. That's twitch.tv slash s-o-u-r-m-a-n-7-0, as well as Derek over at twitch.tv slash thebakerman247. That is twitch.tv slash thebakerman247. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are also in a Discord. It's free to join. There is a link in the description of every episode, and we would love to see you there. And with that, that has been our coverage of ARK Survival Evolved. Are there other games that have had a tumultuous buildup? Are there other survivals that you think are more worthy or that should be covered? Let us know. Hit us up on our socials, hit up on our Discord, and hopefully I can talk more with it. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, I have been your host, Alex Kendall. Did you say your name? Yeah, sorry. All I, all I heard was, I've been your host. Oh. I've been your host. <laughs> That's it. And with that... I have also been your host. <laughs> and with that, I have been your host, as always, Alex Kendall. <laughs> and I am your host, Derek Baker. And this has been Finish the Fight, a gaming podcast. Oh.